Hello and welcome to Communities Forward. I'm your host, Terrell Carter. Communities Forward seeks to share the stories and experiences of people who are making a positive impact within their communities and neighborhoods, especially in the St. Louis metropolitan area. The Communities Forward podcast is brought to you by RISE Community Development. RISE transforms neighborhoods together. You can learn more about RISE and how we participate in the process of making healthy and equitable neighborhoods and communities at www.risestl.org, www.risestl.org. Today's podcast episode is part two of our interview with Alicia Saunier and Jamie Cox of the Black Tea Podcast. Black Tea is an audio and visual media organization founded in St. Louis by these two young Black women and that they aim to raise political, social, and cultural awareness while engaging communities in conversational and entertaining ways. During the second interview, Alicia and Jamie continue to discuss their journey to make an impact in their communities by serving in multiple volunteer capacities. And later they turn the tables and briefly interview me about my journey as a leader. I hope that you enjoy today's podcast. What is on the horizon for Black Tea then? What are the next things? So you are on, Alicia, you are on the school board. What do we need to know about uh, the the St. Louis public school system uh, now that you are a part of the inside? And I say that respectfully, (laughs) what do we need to know? What should we be aware of? Uh, I think there's a whole lot to know, which is part of um, of, of why I ran. Um, I think what is probably the most important thing to know about St. Louis public schools is that um, education, you know, in general, you know, it's a system and it's an institution. I learned about it very, you know, very in depth as a student, you know, I was meeting with board of trustees and the president of our university and helping to pass a million dollar initiative so that we could invest in our community. And so now I've been on a board of education. I'm trying to think of the most important thing to know. everything is political and I think that's what black tea is about like the idea that your existence and your participation or even your not participation in your world and in your society is political even you not participating says something like no response is a response and so I think um St. Louis public schools is at a you know it's at a it's at a very particular point there are you know we're in Missouri which is a red state and there are groups that are not Um, pro-public schools. We have entities that think that education should be um, completely private and there should be no public schools. Um, We are in a situation like in our district, um, 20% of our students are actually unhoused. And those are numbers pre-pandemic and we're going to- Say that again, please. 20% of our our students are what? Of our students are unhoused. And what does that mean, unhoused? Um, So some people would say uh, homeless, um, that it means that they have, there's, there's something in our system that has triggered that they don't have, you know, uh, a reliable, consistent, secure place for, for housing, for shelter. Wow. Um, and that's, wow. that's one fifth of our district. And so like in a district like ours that has 20,000 students, um, and we're going to see what these numbers look like again, because we're in a pandemic. So there's some very unique challenges. Um, and one fifth of your, and 80%, over 80% of your district is African-American. And you're dealing with the things that we have in St. Louis, both positive and, and, and negative. There's a lot of challenges. And so it's very important who's at the table, who's making the decisions, what relationships we're building, what partnerships we're building. And so we're working right now just to really 
we have the Delta variant. So we have to think about what's best and most safe for our students. We have an ongoing political climate that we have to participate in and we're maneuvering. So we recently started a legislation, legislative and advocacy committee that I'm vice chair of so that we can kind of build our political voice and make our agenda known because there are people actively working against the interests of a public school and, and, and it's public education period constantly. So I think just look, follow, look, go to our YouTube channel, follow our meetings, stay aware of what's going on. Um, I'm gonna be releasing a newsletter very soon to kind of give people a summary of what I think is important in this space and what people should know and some personal reflections. So feel free to follow that, you know, um, listen to Black Tea or listen to other entities, just stay aware and, and stay engaged. Um, there will be different calls. Um, that happen over time. But I think what's most important to know is just understanding that everything in your society, and I think part of what we've talked about in this conversation, especially when it is public, and especially when it tends to serve people, and it's not just limited to people who come from a certain class or a certain race, it's, it's usually under attack and it has to be defended. Um, but you also want to think about how you can how you can be better at the things that you do. How can you better serve your students? How can you better serve your, your, your families? I think especially being like the third largest employer in, in St. Louis City, right under BJC, there's a lot that you kind of have, you want to play offense and defense. And there's like a lot of focuses. So it's hard for me to pick like one thing that you should be most aware of. But I think if anything, when I was running, I just wanted people to pay attention because a lot of people did not pay attention until we had school closings. But certainly there's a trajectory and a path and something that gets us there. So it's important that we're engaged and we are aware uh, along the way. And we're, we're working with stakeholders and we're in partnership and we're listening and we're not just waiting until something happens that we don't like but we are engaging the entire time so that we can be preventative and give our city and give our youth access to the best possible outcomes and the highest quality education. And I'm a big fan of holistic, so I would even say holistic education and just put them in a position where once they reach a certain point, if they wanna go to whatever they wanna go do in the world, they're well positioned to do it. Thank you. Um, Jamie, so your specialization or your area where you work professionally uh, is primarily in real estate or how would you describe it? Yeah, real estate and uh, community development investment finance so is what, a long breath away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, what do our listeners need to be aware of? What are some of the things that are concerning to you? That may not be the right word, but what do you think people should be paying more attention to as it relates to that as it uh, occurs in St. Louis or the metropolitan region? Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest pieces and the reason why for me community development investment is so important is because it's the lack of being able to visually see the uh, I'll use the term value because that's how we talk about it in real estate, but it's not actually true. The value of a neighborhood tends to be what you see on the outside, right? Like how pretty are the buildings? How many shops are there? How many grocery stores are in the neighborhood? And we tend to value neighborhoods by what brings in more money. And so when we talk about the importance of needing to invest in our communities, the focus tends to be, we wanna put more value into what already has value. And we don't wanna put anything into what we consider to be unvaluable. Um, that's how I like to explain it. And so the things that I'm doing in my life and in my professional career, working in investment finance and in my personal life, volunteering for organizations like RISE is all about being able to flip 
that concept. And the thing that if I have one passion and the thing that I could do in the world is to tell people that we need to think about investing in communities differently. We should be putting more value into communities that are considered unvaluable. And we should be making sure that we're allocating resources effectively um, in communities that already have. And, and so for St. Louis, this is extremely important is because when we look at half of our city, we see half of our city is as undervalued properties, properties where there's a lot of vacancy, properties where people aren't living there, properties where the trees are overgrown. And, and all the time, Alicia talks about politics, right? What are politicians complaining about? That the north side city area, the north part of our city, um, doesn't have any investment. There's no resources. The kids that are unhoused, the largest proportion of them tends to come from the north side neighborhoods where there's not enough residential livable housing, right? And so for me personally, um, that's what I would like to see change. That's kind of my, you know, personal goal and, and the things that I'm working toward and where I'm putting my time is, is all about solving that issue and, and, and making sure that we get to the root cause of it. Because if we understand, and at least in my personal perspective, um, the fact that kids can't go get a quality education if they're worried about where, where they're gonna lay their head at night, that's how we can solve some of the issues in our schools if we can just get better housing and quality places to live for our kids like Alicia already talked about. So for me, I think uh, community development and what I like to call it is a root cause of a lot of other issues that we see in our city. Um, and, and, and that's a good place to start if we wanna see change. Yeah, I would just jump in and say too, like I think, honestly, I think you people should, and it, I know like we're not all gonna be in community, community development and real estate and finance, but it is really important. I mean, so much of politics is about like money and so much of it is about investment and where you put money. And I often say, if you wanna know somebody's priorities and what they care about, especially institutions, look at where they put their money. Um, like even on the school district, one of the conversations, um, I'm on our tax commission. So the city of St. Louis has a tax commission um, for tips and tax abatements and things of that nature. And it's eight and the district has two seats on that. And so myself and our CFO um, sit on, on that seat. And it's such an important, uh, like so important because it has to do, I mean, every time money, every time something happens and it's given to any entity that comes here and building, you're either like giving money to us or taking money from us. And in the history, it's more so been a, a pattern of something taking money from us. So I just like, it is really important that you do the best that you can to stay aware and stay engaged and not sleep on the importance of those things. Because kind of like the reason why we have the conversations in Black Tea, there's a reason why um, on, like historically only certain people participate and need study these things in school, participate in these things at a professional level and are knowledgeable of these where, uh, knowledgeable and aware of these things in political systems and so on. And it has so much power and so much say over the whole process, it, it has a lot of power over where population goes and flows, which affects redistricting, which St. Louis and Missouri is having that conversation on a large scale. So I just think, you know, that I would give a personal challenge to people to just stay aware and, and stay engaged and, and follow that. If you have a, a follow what the tax commission is up to, follow what the St. Louis Development Corporation is to follow what organizations and companies in your community are when they're building and picking up new projects and just really, you know, even a person like Jamie or someone who is in that field, keep those folks close and lean on them and just stay aware because it, it has like so much power and so much, it makes so many decisions and has such an impact on us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I, Alicia, I know we can talk all day, um, but I am wondering if Terrell will let me take the reins real quick, um, because this is supposed to be a mashup of Black Tea and Communities Forward, and I don't want us to, to have to sign off without getting some information and tea on Terrell for our listeners um, when they listen to this recording and this show. Um, and plus, I think we're talking about something that um, is right on the veins of what RISE does, right? And a lot of people will hear me talk about RISE YP, but aren't actually familiar with what RISE even is. And we have the, the leader um, to explain that to us. So Sorella, if it's cool, I'll kind of flip the script on you real quick for your listeners um, and, and just uh, ask you to talk a little bit about yourself and, and communities forward so we can learn more about that. Um, and then also learn a little bit about RISE too. Start so with the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling us about you. We, it's Black Tea. We like to really, we don't just want the professional stuff. We want to know about Terrell Carter and, and who you are and your passion. I am from St. Louis, born and raised behind Sumner High School. Uh, so if I ever say we, it's because I have a twin brother as well. His name is Darrell. Uh, we were raised by our grandparents, our parents. So grandparents had my father when they were 16. Uh, father and mother had us when they were 17, 18. Uh, their marriage did not last. My parents' marriage did not last. My father uh, ended up going into the military. Um, so neither my grandparents nor either of my parents graduated high school at all. My grandparents only made it to junior high and parents uh, dropped out, you know, junior and senior year while, because she was pregnant with us. Father went into the military and was not around. Uh, so my father's parents uh, were the ones who helped my mother raise us. Uh, she couldn't keep a job um, and she lived, a, she lived a tough life and it's just really simple for me to put it that way. Uh, but my grandparents provided an awful lot of support for her. Not only did my grandparents, but my father's younger brothers, my uncles. Um, and so if you ever read any book uh, that I've ever written or that I will ever write, they are always dedicated to my grandparents because they were the foundation, the rock in our uh, families our family rather. Uh, my mother was murdered when we were seven years old. Uh, unfortunately, she was again, uh, wrong place, wrong time and um, was stabbed to death. And I don't say that to be morbid. I just say that because that is the reality of my childhood. Uh, so my grandparents raised me and my twin brother, really supportive. Um, they were older than us, obviously, and really tired. So they were not necessarily looking forward to raising two double-headed boys. Uh, but they supported us in every way that you could think of. Um, so I was an artist. Um, I saw a picture that my father drew when I was a kid and knew that kindergarten, first grade, that I was an artist as well, just like my dad. Uh, my twin brother eventually became a writer. Um, when we were 14 years old, our father decided he wanted to finally have a relationship with us. And he uh, had already remarried and was living in a small town called Gatesville, Texas. Um, Nobody else knows that Gatesville, Texas exists other than people that live there. Uh, and so we moved there with him and his wife and our younger brother, and eventually our baby brother was born uh, when we graduated high school as well. Uh, but that was not a good experience and came back to St. Louis. Um, so um, St. Louis is home, um, some wonderful experiences, some not so wonderful experiences. Um, I became a police officer in my early 20s because I had gotten married really young. Uh, I wanted to get married. I always wanted to be a husband and a father. I always wanted to have uh, you know, a family, that kind of ideal family life. 
uh, and that didn't work out, but I was blessed to have a son. Uh, but I became a police officer when my wife told me she was pregnant and it was like, all right, I got to figure something out. So in my life, I worked in construction since I was 14 to 23, 23 to 28. I was a police officer, 28 to my mid thirties, late thirties. I always forget the exact uh, age. I was back in construction and community development. Uh, and then I finished uh, a second doctorate um, in 2015 and got recruited out of construction and community development to go teach for the school that I got my second doctorate from and was a full-time professor, uh, program director, and a research director uh, for that university, for that seminary. And then I was recruited to become vice president and chief diversity officer at a uh, university in Illinois. Um, and last year, um, I got, I'm gonna use the phrase to call, I got the call uh, for about Rise out of the blue. I was not expecting it, was not thinking about it, was not planning on it, and ended up going to Rise or accepting the call to Rise and began earlier this year. So uh, in a nutshell, my life has been a life of service. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier that I'm a Christian and uh, I don't ever say that to try to be funny or to sound judgmental to anyone. It's I always say that so people understand the foundation of what it is I do or why I do it. I believe that I was created to serve, uh, to serve, uh, especially, um, I don't wanna use the word disenfranchised, but communities and people that don't necessarily have advocates who are working for them. Uh, one of the things I hoped to do when I was a police officer was to do that in the communities that I grew up in. but. Uh, I quickly learned that the system of policing in St. Louis is not about helping people. It's about fostering that system and rewarding that system. Um, I serve, you know, still in, in church. Uh, I lead a congregation. Uh, and so that's a part of this call to serve. Uh, so that's, that's it. I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man with two kids, a 24-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter, and both of them think I'm as goofy as it's all kid out. That's what my life revolves around, is my kids, and then it's called to serve. We love like to hear the history and the trajectory. Um, I think that's one of my favorite parts of the show is, I feel like a lot of times see people kind of, when they are kind of in a really like good position or kind of at the height or the pinnacle of their career and they don't get to see the path. So I love like from, I just love that trajectory, like from a police officer to, to where you are now and, and that path, because I think it can help our listeners and our audience know that like, where you are is not necessarily doesn't it has nothing to do with where you're going or where you start is no has to have can, you can end somewhere completely um, different. I'm, and then I'm I trying to get I'm trying to get my son to understand that now again he's 24 and I always and he's he's a so I'm an artist again he's a filmmaker he got a degree or earned a degree in filmmaking and script writing and he wants to be the next who what's his name uh, I'm sorry he made the song Redbone why am I forgetting his name. Childish Gambino. There you go. He wants to be the next Childish Gambino. And so he moved to Atlanta when he graduated from college, took an internship, and is now working full time. And I'm like, son, I when I was 23, I hadn't finished college. You were making more money than I was making when I was a police officer at 23. You know, and this, whatever this beginning is for you, don't, don't look on it poorly because this is the foundation for whatever it is you're about to do next. I never would have imagined working for my uncle's construction company and then all these other smaller things that I just didn't say no to. I used to say yes to everything because I had this idea that if I took as many opportunities as possible, I could learn as much as I possibly could. 
and then I could use that later on. And that literally is what has happened. As you were alluding to, Alicia, uh, it, it's what led to where I am today. Yeah, and then I think like um, Terrell also, amazingly to our sippers, that's what we call our listeners, we have not talked a lot about RISE, even though Jamie is so highly involved, not just as a volunteer, but on the executive board and as chair. So I think this is a great chance. Can you tell us about RISE, um, exactly what it is, what it does, and why it's so important to you and why you decided to accept the opportunity? So RISE is a community development corporation, meaning we build, we make stronger, healthier communities. Our goal is to make stronger, healthier communities. And we do that in multiple ways. We either build or help as part of the building process to develop single family, multifamily, and commercial units in a community, or we will uh, consult, advise, uh, help people from that community plan how to do that themselves. Like, so if there's a community organization that has um, a history in the community and you know has done some things to help benefit the community, we will come alongside them we call it technical assistance, but we will teach them the things that they need to know in order to get a house built or get an apartment developed or get a street fixed or whatever it is. We will come alongside them and do all those different things. But in addition to that, we also have what's called a CDFI, a Community Development Financial Institution, which we make loans or we will fund small women and minority-owned businesses. In addition to that, we will fund uh, developers who will, or projects in particular neighborhoods that we have designated as areas that we want to support development in. And so those are just a few things that we do. We also consult for city governments, municipalities. Um, we are um, we are the quintessential organization in the St. Louis metropolitan area that does what we do. And that's not me saying anything out of hyperbole or you know just trying to sell the organization. We have been recognized on the state level as being the best organization at what we do. Uh, again, uh, I, I previously served as an executive director of a smaller CDC. So I had a relationship with Rise through that. And then actually years prior to that, I was a project manager for a construction company. And I had, that's where my relationship began with Rise. But I know at no point in my history of my life that I think that I would be at Rise. And so I was uh, vice president last year, like I said, uh, I thought I was on the path that I was supposed to be on. And I got a phone call one day that said, hey, did you hear that uh, the president is retiring after 22 years of service at the organization and 20 years as president? Oh, okay, that sounds nice. Well, I think that you would be the perfect person to be the next president because of ABCD. And I was like, all right, that sounds nice. <laughs> then a couple of days later, the following day or a couple of days later, I always forget, I get another phone call from somebody else who says the exact same thing. And then another phone call from somebody else who says the exact same thing. And it's like, all right, I need to probably pay attention to this. So I uh, was able to get in contact and you know, started the process to apply. Uh, the reason why I took it or I accepted the position was because I think it fits my calling again. Um, it's the calling to serve people and to make a large impact or larger impact in community. So as a vice president and chief diversity officer at Greenville University, I was, I was making an impact for 600 to 800 students, which is wonderful. Uh, as a police officer, I was making an impact for, you know, a certain number of square blocks in the city of St. Louis and the districts that I worked in or the areas that I worked in. Uh, as executive director of a smaller CDC, I was, but you know, this is an organization that has a, not just a city impact, but a regional impact 
Um, and again, uh, I'm, I'm the type of person who I don't ask a lot of questions if I understand that it fits my calling. And when I began the process and started going through everything, uh, it, it just fit, it checked all the boxes of what I understand my life is supposed to be about. And uh, when they offered it to me, I was like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. So um, yeah, there's not some kind of wonderful story other than, you know, I, I truly do believe that, again, because I believe in a personal creator, I do truly do believe that, that this personal creator has, has shaped me to be able to do this job or to be put into this position to be able to do this job. Now, I don't understand exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to do my best to enjoy the ride uh, until uh, somebody says, all right, son, you, you need to go ahead and sit out somewhere. Well, I think that is perfect. And I am so glad that we, we did this. Uh, Terrell, I think it's really cool. It's been really great. I think for both of our listeners, for the Communities Forward people to hear you talk a little bit about you. I don't know how much you do that on your show, but we... I don't, I don't do it at all. It's not about <laughs> me. It's always about the guest and why our listeners should care about who the guests are and the impact that they're making in the world. Exactly. And, and we're the same way on Black Tea. So I think this will be great um, for us both to have this and, and for our listeners to be able to learn uh, about all of us. So thank you so much again for, for offering this opportunity and, and bringing us on your show. Thank you. So uh, last thing before we close out, uh, how can our listeners find out about Black Tea or find out about any of the things that you all have talked about thus far? So Black Tea, we are on social media, of course. Um, you can find us at Black Tea STL on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, we are on all major streaming platforms. So we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon, we're on Google, um, if you, Apple, anything you can name, we're on all of them. And if you don't have a streaming service, we have a website that you can go to and listen to them um, directly. So even if you just search uh, Jamie Cox or Alicia Sanye in Black Tea, you will find it, it will pop up. And also obviously on our social media, it's in the link. We also have a Facebook page as, as well. Thank you so much. Thank you again and again and again. This is really exciting. You two are some outstanding young women and uh, you all are an inspiration. And I look forward to having you on the show again sometime in the future and being on your show again sometime in the future. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much. Of Hello and welcome to Communities Forward. I'm your host, Terrell Carter. Communities Forward seeks to share the stories and experiences of people who are making a positive impact within their communities and neighborhoods, especially in the St. Louis metropolitan area. The Communities Forward podcast is brought to you by RISE Community Development. RISE transforms neighborhoods together. You can learn more about RISE and how we participate in the process of making healthy and equitable neighborhoods and communities at www.risestl.org www.risestl.org Today's podcast episode is part two of our interview with Alicia Saunier and Jamie Cox of the Black Tea Podcast. Black Tea is an audio and visual media organization founded in St. Louis by these two young Black women and they aim to raise political, social, and cultural awareness while engaging communities in conversational and entertaining ways. During the second interview, Alicia and Jamie continue to discuss their journey to make an impact in their communities by serving in multiple volunteer capacities. And later they turn the tables and briefly interview me about my journey as a leader. I hope that you enjoy today's podcast.